only promote the truth. Scripture studies, my second, John chapter 17. We'll give some folks some time to come on. John chapter 17. This will be, I promise you, a scripture training on this particular chapter that I can almost guarantee you, you've never heard it this way before. So I'm very, very happy that everybody's coming on. Can't wait to share this with you. John chapter 17. We're going to give a, about a minute or so for everybody to hop in, and then we will get rocking. want to welcome everybody that's coming in from different parts of the world. Last week, so a week ago, actually, I did the first social media training uh, from a scripture standpoint that I'd ever done. We did it based on faith. And the response that I got <clears throat> was literally overwhelming. I was overwhelmed. You know, it was something that's been in my heart for a while. You know, I carried my faith very close to myself. I felt led to and impressed, and especially in light of what's going on in the world right now. We all know the craziness that's happening you know, with um, all the things that's happening with the pandemic, the news, the racial strife, the division globally. We all know what's going on all over the world. And so I have been impressed and encouraged to bring some foundational scripture training, um, utilizing this platform and however it influences out. It influences out. I'm sharing with you my heart. I'm sharing with you um, the things that I've come to. Now, as we get ready to go in, in about 15 seconds, I want to thank you. I really want to thank you for taking time. I know how much, how valuable time is to each and every person. So I want to thank you for taking time uh, to pop in, to listen. And I encourage you, um, to, you know, grab a Bible, grab some scriptures and, and go along with me. Uh, I'll be grabbing some deeper stuff today. I'm telling you, we're going deep. So, uh, go back and check and go study and research. You know, the Bereans, they were, uh, applauded for, you know, studying, uh, to, to show that the, them, themselves approved. And so I've got, as far as credentials, I consider myself a rogue scholar. Uh, I've spent, you know, I don't know how many years, how many hours studying origins of words, utilizing etymology to go back and study where the words come from, English being the newest language pretty much in the world. So I dug back, uh, studied, you know, Greek, Arabic, Aramaic, Hebrew, Paleo-Hebrew, uh, on some of the oldest writings in the world, you know, 
Kodak Sinaticus, Kodak Vaticanus, Kodak Leningrad, Kodak um, Alexandrius, you know, 1611 King James, Mayflower Bible, you know, Texas Receptus, you know, dealing with things like P45, P46. A lot of these old, old writings are very critical. Now, let's go in. We're going to be talking about John chapter 17 today. John chapter 17 is what I'm going to dive into. Now, I've got some notes here because I've got, I, w I did some intense studying over the years and I've, you know, and I've been able to accumulate notes and I want to make sure I stay on point here. So I'm going to have these notes. You'll see me looking off to the side with my, my, my computer that has my notes on it. Um, but these are my personal notes and I want to be able to share them with you. Now, this message today, this message is for and geared towards the remnant, the few it's geared towards the few. It's geared towards the remnant, the small amount. Why do I say that? Well, when the Savior speaks over in Matthew 7, chapter 7, verse 13 and 14, he says, enter by the narrow gate. Enter by the narrow gate. Why? He says, for wide is the gate and broad is the way that leads to destruction. And there are many who go in by it. Because narrow is the gate and difficult is the way which leads to life. And he said something very key to close out this statement. And he says, and he says, and there are few, underline the word few. If you want to collaborate with me on key words that hit you during the course of this training, maybe you're typing them in. Few who find it. Now that's that really rang to me. It said broad is the way that leads to destruction. Now you can put that in any area of your life, not just scripturally. You can put that from success principles. Broad is the gate that leads to destruction and many go down the way of destruction. It says narrow is the gate and difficult is the way. So why is the gate narrow? Because it's difficult. It's difficult to go down that narrow gate. And it says, now, if you're going to go down that narrow gate, it has to be found. That really stood out to me, that the narrow gate that leads to life, that leads to eternal life, that leads to happiness. Think about this. That gate is narrow and few are going to find it. Now, in order to find it, I found out that you got to be looking for it. And my challenge to myself is, Jay, have you looked for it? And I can answer, yes. I took about three, three and a half years studying six to 10 hours a day, hardly any work whatsoever, just finding out why am I here? Why do I believe what I believe? And I'm going to tell you something. I went after my creator with all I got. Now, I'm going to ask you a question. Here's a challenge. Because the Savior said, love the Father with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. He says, love him with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Now, here's what happens. A lot of folks love the creator with their heart. 
A lot of people love the creator with their soul. A lot of people might even love him with their strength. But very few people love him with all they got with their mind. See, with your mind, you got to be digging. You can't just sit there and listen to what somebody's telling you, what that's forcing you to do. When it says love him with all your mind, you've got to go dig and search for him. In Jeremiah, real name, Yahoo, the book of Jeremiah, Yahoo, says, when you seek for me, this is the father speaking, when you seek for me with all your heart, then I will be found. You notice he didn't say, hey, just do a little basic prayer and you'll find me. The father said, when you seek for me with all your heart, then and only then will I be found. We've got to go seek for him and his truths with all our heart. So this training today that I'm providing is for the few who want to love him with all their heart, all their soul, all their strength, and all their mind. This training today, this scriptural training is going to push you to dig for him with all of your mind. I promise you, as we progress through this today, it's going to test you. It's going to check you. It's going to push you like it did me with all your mind. You know, in Romans 9.27, Paul, he writes, Isaiah also cries out concerning Israel, Yashrael. Quote, he's quoting Isaiah. Yeshayahu is his real name. He's quoting Yeshayahu. He's quoting him as saying, though the number of the children of Israel, Yashriel, be as the sand of the sea, vast amounts, the remnant, only the remnant will be saved. That's a direct quote from Yeshayahu, from Isaiah, from the book of Isaiah. I think it's in chapter 10. That's a direct quote, you see, the remnant. That's who this message is for, the remnant. Do you want to be a part of the remnant? I wanted to be a part of the few. Now, as you will see me go through this training, I'm going to give you some, 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 some uh, house rules that I go by. This is my own personal house rules, see, because I don't want to be disrespectful of anybody. You come on freely. You can go freely. We can collaborate freely. This is some of my house rules. I don't use the generic term God or Lord, when I'm referring to the creator or the savior. Why? Because those are just titles. Those are descriptions, right? God meaning like almighty, that's at his best meaning. Meaning, you know, the mighty one. Lord meaning master, coming from the word Adonai, Lord. I don't, I don't use that as far as from a generic, those titles could just as easily be used to describe false deities. So I, I don't want to, I want to be specific when I'm talking. I don't want to be generic. I don't want to be talking to a false deity and get it mixed up in any shape, form or fashion. I believe you should try to be as specific as possible as to who you are talking to and especially who you are praying to. You need to check out 1 Corinthians 8, 5, and 6, where Paul talks about there's many gods. There's many deities. There's tons of them. 
And most of them go by Lord, by the way, or by God. I believe there's only one creator and he has only one son. That's what I believe, okay? I want to be careful. I want to be accurate. I always want to refer to the father by his name. And I always want to refer to the savior by his name when he walked on this earth. Now he's been given the name that's above all names. We'll get into that. But I want to talk to them about their names. So before I get into their names, I want to walk through something here with you. Okay? So I, I, I want you to just understand that, that groundwork there. So now we go into John, whose real name is Yahukanan. And we'll get into the names. But Kanan, that Kanan part of his name means grace. So in Hebrew, the word Kanan means grace. And, you know, and John was known for that, being graceful, right? But let's go ahead and dig in John. And before I get into the actual names, I want to prove a point here. I'm just going to say the Savior, or I'll say the Creator. Here we go. So in John chapter 17, I'm going to read the whole chapter. The Savior spoke these words. So when did he speak these words? So this is the day before he's going to be slain, when he's going to give up himself for the world. This is the day before that's about to happen. So I would think that we should all be paying close attention because the day before he's about to take his last steps on this earth as a human, he's going to be talking and all of us need to act like, now I want you and I to act as if we're sitting there with him while he's saying this. See, I consider myself to be a disciple, a follower of the Savior and the Most High. I consider myself to be a follower, a disciple. So let's all pretend as if, act as if we're sitting there because that's what he wants us to do because he's speaking to them and he's also speaking to us. And these words are eternal. So the Savior spoke these words. He lifted up his eyes to heaven and said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify or esteem your son that your son may also glorify and esteem you as you have given him authority over all flesh. And he's saying the father has given the son authority over all human beings and animals that he should give eternal life to as many as you have given him. Now, this is deep because the Savior is saying, pay attention. So imagine we're sitting there and he's looking up into the heavens and he says, Father, as you have given him, meaning himself, authority over all flesh, that he should give eternal life to as many as you have given him. Would you be sitting there going, I'm in there. I want to be in there. I want to be one that he gives eternal life to. And he says, and this, now he defines it. He says, and this is eternal life. My ears are now way, I got chills right up and down me now because the Savior who has authority given by his Father, he says, now this is eternal life. He's going to say, this is the definition. We don't need Webster's Dictionary. We don't need to go online and Google it. We got our Savior of all saying right now, 
and this is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true Eloah. Eloah meaning the mighty one, the creator, that they may know you the only true. Stop, break it down. That they may know you. He said the eternal life, first and foremost, is that they should know you. They have to know you. Man, this is deep. And then he says, and the Messiah, he says, me, whom you have sent. So eternal life is in knowing the Father and the Son who he sent. That is eternal life. Once you know them, then you have eternal life. This is deep. That made me stop and pause. That made me stop and pause. You should be sharing this with anybody that you care about. As far as this subject goes of eternal life, we have the Savior of the world given a definition of what eternal life is. And how many people do you know want to have access to eternal life? Well, the person that has the authority that was given to him by the Father, the Messiah is saying that eternal life is to know the Father and the Son who he sent. He goes on to say, because these words get very specific because we know he's talking about eternal life. I have glorified or esteemed you on earth. He said, while I was on earth, I esteemed you. I lifted you up. I have finished the work which you have given me to do. And now, oh, Father, glorify and esteem me together with yourself. With the esteem, the glory which I had with you before the foundations of the world were ever created. Man, I'm telling you, I don't know how I'm going to handle staying in my skin on this one. He's talking about before the world was ever created. He had this bond, this connection with the father that was so high. He wants it restored. He says, take me back with you in that esteem. Now he goes in. We're all sitting there. Every one of us, we're sitting there. We got to be there. And now we're here to Savior. We're looking up at him. We're sitting on the ground. We're looking up at him. And he says, Father, I have manifested and revealed your name to the men whom you have given me out of this world. Do you hear what he just said? He says, Father, I have manifested and revealed your name to the men whom you've given me out of this world. They were yours. You gave them to me, and they have kept your word. They've obeyed you. Now that they have known that all things which you have given me are from you, for I have given to them the words which you have given to me. Look at that edification. Look at that back-to-back, unpenetrable, this tight-knit. He says, and they have received them, those words, and have known surely that I have come forth from you, and they have believed that you sent me. Verse 9, 
I pray for them. Now he wants to get specific. He says, okay, right now, Father, I pray for them. I do not pray for the world, but only for those whom you've given me. He says, I'm focused right now on my disciples. I'm not focused right now on the world. Right now, Father, I'm focused on them. For they are yours, and all mine are yours, and yours are mine, and I am glorified in them. Woo! The Savior is so fired up about the discipline of the disciples. The discipline of, look at the word disciples, the disciple plin. He's so fired up about the discipline of, the, of, of these, his disciples. He says, and all mine are yours and yours are mine, and I am glorified in them. They're helping elevate him through their obedience. He says, now I am no longer in the world, but these, these disciples, are in the world, and I come to you, set apart and holy father. Listen to what he says. He's talking to us. He says, keep them through your name. He said it. I ain't say it. You didn't say it. The savior said, father, how does he want the disciples to be kept? He says, keep them through your name. Those who you have given me. Do you believe that the Father has given you to the Savior? Do you want to be his? I do. I am. So I'm saying just what he said. I receive it. Keep me through your name, Father. That they may be one as we are one. Why does he want the Father to keep them through the Father's name? He says, so that they can be as one as we are one. That's how powerful the Father's name is. It keeps us united, not all this division going on, not all this destruction and, and terror and ridiculous division. You see, if we're kept in the Father's name, we will be as one. Steep. While I was with them in the world, Listen to what he said. The Savior says, while I was with the disciples here in the world, I kept them and protected them in your name. He used the name of the Father to protect the disciples. Can y'all understand what's going on? He's praying before he's going to leave the world the next day. And he's saying, these are some instructions. These are some eternal instructions. I'm going to prove it to you. These are eternal instructions for protection, for power. Answers, answering a prayer. He says, those whom you have given me, I have kept. And none of them is lost except the son of perdition that the scripture might be fulfilled. You know what happened to Judas? Right? But now I come to you and these things I speak in the world. While I'm here, I'm speaking them. I'll be an example. That they may have my joy. 
fulfilled in themselves? How many of you want joy? How many of you want happiness no matter what? He's saying, I'm giving you some instructions while I'm in this world so that you may have joy. I have given them your word and the world has hated them because they are not of this world. I understand why when people hate me, I'm not of this world. I, I, re, I completely relate to my incredible savior right here. He says, just as I am not of the world, they're not of the world, just as I'm not of the world. I'm here in human form, but guess what? I'm just here visiting. They're here in human form, but they're just visiting. They're making a pit stop on the way to eternal life. I do not pray that you should take them out of the world yet, right? But that you should keep them from the evil one. They are not of this world, just as I am not of this world. Listen to what he's going to say. Sanctify them, which means set them apart. Remnant. Remember I talked about the remnant, the few? He says, set them apart by your truth. Your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, I have also sent them into the world. And for their sakes, I sanctify, set apart myself, myself, that they also may be sanctified, set apart by what? Truth. What sets us apart? The truth is what sets us apart. Now, he says, I got them taken care of. The ones that are right in front of me, I got them handled. I done put the words of eternal life on them. Now, he says, let me put some focus on the people that's going to come after them. The people's going to hear them. He says, now, I do not pray for these alone, but also for those who will believe in me through their word. So now he's praying for us. Can y'all feel it? Do y'all accept the prayer that the Savior was praying for you and I? He's speaking. He says that they may be one. What is his prayer? He wants us to be one as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they also may be in us, that the world may believe, the world may believe that you sent me. And the glory, the esteem which you gave me, I have given them, that they may be one just as we are one. I in them, you in me, that they may be made perfect in one, and that the world may know that you have sent me and have loved them as I have, and you will love them as you have loved me. Do y'all understand what the Savior's saying? He's saying to the Father, how much does the Father love the Son? How much does the Creator love His only begotten Son? How much? How much? Think about this. How much? He loves Him with all He's got. And now He's saying, the Son is saying, I want you to love them. These in front of me and those that are going to believe. Those that are going to believe in their word. That's what we're doing. This word is carrying on. I'm tore up right now. I'm tore up. My goodness. He wants the father to love us just as much as he loved him. 
I, I, I received that. Do y'all receive that? I receive it. Father, as he's closing out, how important is this? He's closing out the day before he's going to leave the earth. He says, Father, I desire that they also whom you gave me may be where I am that they may behold my esteem, my glory, which you have given me. Now he's saying, Father, I want you to set it up to bring them with us. For you loved me before the world was ever created, before the foundation of the world. Oh, righteous Father, exclamation point. He puts an exclamation point there. He's getting closing it out. The Savior said, oh, righteous Father. Can y'all feel that? The world has not known you, but I have known you. And these have known you, have known that you sent me. And I have declared, he's screaming now, he's out loud. And he says, and I have declared to them your name. And I will declare it that the love with which you love me may be in them and I in them. How is the love in them? He said, you got to declare the Father's name. I didn't say it. You didn't say it. The Savior said this. Are we obedient to what he has said? If we want to be followers of the Savior, we got to be disciples, disciplined, and follow his words. He said, I have declared to them your name, and I will declare. He says, I didn't just declare it now because he knows he's going to give it up and that the spirit, the Ruach, the spirit of the Father is going to come through him to continue to declare it. What? His name. Why did he say it? I always ask people, why did he say that? Was he just wasting words? Was he just talking? Was he just babbling? Or did he mean what he was saying, knowing he's about to go through torture the next day? He said, I have declared to them your name, and I will declare it. Why? That, they, that the love with which you love me, he's saying by declaring to the Father's name, the love in which you love me, that's the way it's going to be in them. My goodness, tore me up question. This is my notes. Y'all like my notes so far? I took the scriptures and I got some notes in here. Check out these notes. Why is it so important to Yahusha? Why is it so important to the Savior to say multiple times to his disciples, to his followers, as he was praying to the Father, that he either manifested and revealed the Father's name that they were either kept or protected in the Father's name or that the Father keep them through his name and that he declare his name and they declare it. Why was it so important for him to say this? Man, y'all got, got to dig. This is a dig. I told y'all we're going in deep. Why was it so important? Answer, the Savior is not leaving any doubt through this prayer to the Father and these instructions to the disciple, he's not leaving any doubt 
about who he's making known as the only true God for in his name rests salvation. He you know, I don't want no ambiguity here. What we've got to do, knowledge is increasing, being poured out. We have got to remove all of the ambiguity. We got to get rid of all the confusion. We got to get down to the foundations, in my opinion. This is me talking to me continually, and I'm just sharing with you my, my thoughts. We got to get down to it so that we can walk with truth. See, Yahusha knows how the evil one works. The, the Savior knows how the evil one works. In Ephesians 2, 1 and 2, Paul was writing, he says, and, he, and you he made alive who were dead in trespasses and sins in which you once walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience. He's saying all of you who were once lost because you were following the prince of power of the air. Who was that prince of power of the air? Satan, the evil one. He's the prince of the power of the air. When you speak, he's capturing your words and either using them He's using them. If they're not on point, the one that's the power of the airways, your words are airways. And if they're not on point, he will grab them and use them against you. He'll use them against me. So here goes your challenge. Now we move into a challenge. As, and I'm still digging on John 17. Everything I'm teaching now deals directly with John chapter 17. Second Chronicles 7 Verse 14, if you've been a follower, if you've been a believer, if you've, if you've had a spiritual walk, you know what I'm about to say with this verse. You've heard it. Maybe you don't know the exact scripture. Now you do. Second Chronicles 7, verse 14. It says, if my people who are called by my name, by my what? My name. Who's called by his name? His people. Are you his people? If my people who are called by my name will do what? Humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. Then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and I will heal their land. If my people who are called by my name. When I used to read that scripture, I used to go, well, what's his name? If I'm his people, shouldn't I know his name? How am I going to know him? Remember, remember the Savior said, this is eternal life, that they may know you. What's the first thing in knowing somebody? You ain't got to get deep. I don't have to get deep. What's the first thing in knowing somebody? What's your name? How you doing? Nice to meet you. What's your name? Hello, nice to meet you. My name is, see? Hello, nice to meet you. My name is, what's your name? The first thing that we as human beings do to get to know somebody is to know their name. And this is eternal life, that they may know you. What's your name? I don't know his name. Oh, he got 150 different names. Look at that. You don't have no 150 different names. He got a name, you got a name. As a matter of fact, your name, 
I bet you want this part right. I bet you I want this part right. It says your name must be written in the book of life. In order to have eternal life, it says your name. Not your image. Not your description. Not daddy, not mama, not uncle, not sister, not brother, not friend. Your name must, my name must be written in the book of life. Do you want any ambiguity there? Do you want when they're scrolling through the book of life going down? What, what, what is your name? I don't think we do. Exodus 20, verse 7. It's the third commandment. And, and, this, and this translation always tripped me out. It says, you shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain. For the Lord will not hold him guiltless who takes his name in vain. And then I ask myself, if I'm not to take the name of the Lord in vain, what's the obvious question? Will y'all help me? What is his name? If I'm not to take it in vain. Now, let me do some etymology. Let me first of all do some, let's just do the description, the definition. Look at this. Let me just do the description of vain. It means meaningless, useless, of no effect. That's the definition of vain. It says you don't take the name of the master, the creator, and take it and make it meaningless, useless, of no effect. So why is his name not easily revealed in most modern day translations? It's funny, I went in my library. I started digging, right? I got some stuff back here. You know, I went and grabbed my big old NIV version, right? I went and grabbed my, what I got over here. I got my New American Standard version, okay? I went and grabbed my King James version, right? So I went and got all these different, I can go and keep grabbing more and more and more and more. What I want us to do is I want you to do what I did. I want you to go grab the preface, the very first parts of your Bible. I want you to go grab it. And let's take a look at why is his name not easily revealed in most modern day translations. So I go in here and I want to go, I want you to do it. I want you to do what I did. So when I get here, I kind of highlight it. As you can see, I kind of highlight it here. This is in the, uh, what do I got here? Which version I got? This is a new international. This is NIV. It says, in regard to the divine name, commonly referred to as the Tetragrammaton, the translators, now let's ask ourselves a question. Who are the translators? Who are they? The translators adopted. What's the word adopted mean? What's the word adopted mean? I like Homer put that in there. That's good. That's right. What's the word adopted mean? It means changed. The translators adopted the device. They get all fancy here. They, they, the translators adopted the device used in most English versions of the rendering of the name of the Most High as Lord. So they admit that they adopted or changed the name of the Most High's Lord in capital letters to distinguish it from Adonai, another Hebrew word rendered as Lord, lowercase words, for which small letters are used. 
whenever the two names stand together in the Old Testament as a compound name of God, they are rendered as sovereign Lord. Why in the world do we got to go through all of this? Do y'all see the problem? You see the challenge? Let's go over here and grab uh, King James. Come on. Let's see what King James and New King James got to say. Not just the king, we can get the new part of the king. All right? So I go in here, and look, I got some stuff underlined here. I read. You should read your preface, like I read my preface, right? It says here in the King James, New King James, the covenant name of God was usually translated from the Hebrew as Lord or God, using capital letters as shown. In the King James Old Testament, that was used. This tradition is maintained. <laughs> they say in this writings, the tradition is maintained. In the present edition, the name is so capitalized whenever the covenant name is quoted in the New Testament from a passage in the Old Testament. Are y'all catching this? Do we hear what the Savior said in John? He said, Father, I have revealed your name to them. I have kept them in your name. And when you study the way I've studied this, what you find is the reason the Savior was arguing so much with the Pharisees is because they were keeping the name. They were only allowing the high priest to say it once a year. And in one, in one respect, they were doing it trying to protect, but for the biggest part, they were doing it to try to control. Hold on. Let me go get the new what we got here? New American Standard. Let's see what they got to say. Oh, I got some lines here too. See, I got some notes. In the preface, it says here, the proper name of God in the Old Testament. In the scriptures, the name of God is most significant. Is what? It's most significant and understandably so. So they admit it is significant. It is inconceivable to think of spiritual matters without a prayer designation for the supreme deity. Thus, the most common name for the deity is God. They say this is so important. This is so critical. You can't mess this up. So we're going to use the most common name, God. A translation from the original Elohim. Elohim is plural for gods. Eloah is singular for God or mighty one. Y'all enjoying this training? Uh, y'all give me a little feedback. Y'all enjoying this? That this four-letter tetragrammaton found in Exodus 3.14 and Isaiah 42.8, this name has not been pronounced by the Jews. That's what it says. This name has not been pronounced by the Jews because of reverence for the great sacredness of the divine. They should have put, not just Jews, they should have put, this name has not been pronounced by the Pharisees, the Pharisaical Jews, because of the reverence of the great, great sacredness of the divine name. Therefore, it has been consistently translated as Lord, which means, therefore, it has been changed. And what did he say? What did he say? He says, don't take my name. Now, 
when I go grab some translations, so like I get a translation like this that restores all the proper name, like the scriptures. This is out of South Africa. I got many translations, right? When I go to Exodus, Shema, if I go to chapter 20, Shema is the real name of Exodus. It means to listen. It means listen. It's what we should be doing, listening. And I go to verse 7. It says, uh, I'm sorry. Yeah, verse 7 here, which is the third commandment. It says, you do not bring the name, and he says his name, the name of Yahuwah, your Eloah, to nothing. For Yahuwah does not leave the one unpunished who brings his name to nothing. And what in the world are all these translations doing? They're bringing his name to what? To nothing. Now, who's having them do that? Who's allowing that to happen? Who's the prince of the airwaves? This is crazy when we look at it. Now, listen to this. The rabbit, the rabbit, rabbit I should say, the Pharisees, Romans, Greeks of the time, over the last 2,000 years have managed to change the correct and original name of the eternal Heavenly Father over 7,000 times throughout the pages of the set-apart scriptures, over 7,000 times. Additionally, his son's, our Messiah's name, has been changed 981 times in the Brit Kadash, which we call the New Testament. As a result, this has caused the entire world to replace his name to a watered-down version rather than the respect of the supreme divine duo. How did this occur? It was accomplished by way of a calculated attack on the translations of the scriptures as we know them. These lies have been sustained simply through the wings of tradition. Granddaddy, great-granddaddy, great-grandma, great-grandma. That's why I went all the way back. I went all the way back, and I especially honed in on 321 through 325 A.D. I got back, when I get back to the Council of Nicaea, the Nicene Council, that's when I started seeing a whole bunch of stuff. So I started wanting scriptures before that, you see. You know, like I've got a, uh, you notice you watch the movie The Passion of the Christ, right? Mel Gibson wanted to be as authentic as possible. So what Mel Gibson did was he had him speak in the language the time that the Savior was here. So you notice when they were walking around, the movie was done in Aramaic and translated into English. So the Aramaic, I've got a copy of right around 180 A.D. Now, so you can see, see those words? That's in Aramaic. You see, that's in Aramaic. And I got the English version over on the side of it that's telling me what that is. You see? So I don't have to guess. I can look at the language that the Savior was speaking as he was walking. I don't have to guess. I got it right there, you see? That's what I do. You want to know why? Because I love the truth. Do you love the truth? I'm not done. Do y'all want me to be done? Y'all want me to keep going? Y'all want me to be done? Y'all want me to keep going? Huh? 
Keep going. Okay. Keep going. Could, here's what I had to ask myself. Could I have been deceived? Could I have been deceived? Ask yourself, could you have been deceived? Will we let pride stand in the way of the truth? That was the thing. Jay, are you going to let pride? Are you going to let traditionalism stand in the way of truth? Revelation 12, 7 through 9. Let's check it out. Let's see what happened. Let's see why all this confusion has happened. Y'all ready? Revelation 12, 7 and 9. As Yahoo Conan is speaking, John, he's being revealed. All these things. It says, and a war broke out in heaven. Michael, Michael and his messengers, his angels fought with the dragon and the dragon and his angels fought back, but they did not prevail, nor was a place found for them in heaven <clears throat> any longer. Verse nine is critical. <clears throat> So the great dragon was cast out, that serpent of old called the devil and Satan, who deceives, huh? Who deceives the entire world. He was cast to where? The earth and his messengers, his angels were cast out with him. Why are so many people deceived? Well, it tells us in the scriptures that he was cast out from the heavens to where? The earth, where are we? On the earth. And who did, what did it say happened? The entire world has been deceived. So if we think we're past being deceived, we are crazy. We're going against scripture. I had to get past being deceived. You got to do the thing he said. You got to humble yourself. You got to admit it. I said, okay, I admit that I could be deceived. Will you please show me the truth? It's very simple. It's very simple. Now that you know there's been a, the greatest cover-up, I call it the greatest cover-up of all time, has taken place. What are we going to do about it? Now we see, it's clear, that the greatest cover-up of all time has happened. Will we honor the Savior's prayer in John chapter 17, the night before he was about to be slain? Are we going to honor that? Absolutely, I'm going to. You see, the Messiah says in John 5, 39 through 47, he goes, you search the scriptures for in them, <clears throat> you think you have eternal life. And these are they which testify of me. But I'm gonna read John chapter 5, 39 through 47. This is so critical. He says, you search the scriptures for in them you think you have eternal life. And these are they which testify of me. But you are not willing to come to me that you may have life. I do not receive honor from men, but I know you that you do not have the love of the Lord in you. <clears throat> now listen to what he says. I'm gonna go slow. The Savior speaking. He says, I have come in my father's name. Do y'all hear what he's, I got chills again. <clears throat> the savior said, I have come in my father's name. That's how I'm here in his name. And you do not receive me. How many people don't receive this truth? Coming, I'm telling you today, Jay Nolan is coming in the father's name. 
If another comes in his own name, that person you will receive. How can you believe who receive honor from one another and do not seek the honor that comes from the one and only most high? Do not think that I shall accuse you to the father. We got to pay attention now. He's going to tell us. He goes, don't think I'm going to accuse you to the father. There is one who accuses you. Moses, Moshe, Moshe is his real name. It means the rescuer is Yahuwah. Moshe is who accuses you in whom you trust. For if you believed Moshe, Moses, you would have believed me. For he wrote about me. But if you do not believe his writings, how will you believe my words? <clears throat> what did Moshe write? What did he reveal in Shema, Exodus 20, verse 7? He wrote, do not bring the name of Yahuwah to not. That stands as your accuser. That's why he says, says, Moses already gave the writings for my father. They were me and my father working through my father's fingers wrote this. Why did the Savior bring up Moshe here? Why did he bring up Moses? Moshe spoke directly to the father on the mountain. He was given specific instructions by the father to tell the Israelites, the Yashraelites, and the world what his name is. Do y'all know, do we know that Yahuwah gave specific instructions to Moshe, who stands as your accuser if you don't understand the power of what I'm talking about? And here's what's so awesome. How many of us love Daoud? David. Think about David, Daoud. In Proverbs, Mishla, 30 verse 4. Proverbs is a real word, Mishla. 30 verse 4, chapter 30 verse 4. He goes and challenges us. David, Daoud said, who has ascended up into the heavens or descended? Who has gathered the wind in his fist? Who has bound the waters in, garment, in a garment? Who has established all the ends of the earth? Watch what David says. What is his name? And what is his son's name, if you can tell? That's a challenge. Daoud is saying that. Who gathered, who created everything? Who gathers up the ends of the earth, right? What is his name? And what is his father's name? Moshe clearly reveals the father's name from the father himself. Exodus chapter 3, verses 13 through 15. I'm still talking about John chapter 17. I'm still talking about it. I'm just bringing it home. Here we go. Exodus 3, verse 13. We're going to start there. Then Moshe, Moses said to the Most High, Indeed, when I come to the children of Israel and I say to them, the Eloah, the Most High of your fathers, has sent me to you. And they say to me, what are they going to say? You ready? And they say to me, what is his name? What shall I say to them? And Eloah, the Most High, spoke with his own voice. And he said to Moshe, Moses, he says this, I am that I am. Now, see, most people take that and they run with it and they stop reading. Just go on and read another 
Go on and read a couple more sentences. Then you'll find out. I'll find, we're going to find out the truth. We got to keep reading. He says to Moshe, I am that I am. And he said, thus, you shall say to the children of Israel, to Yashrael, I am has sent me to you. Moreover, see, then he goes, he goes more specifically, Mo, Eloah, the Most High, said to Moshe, Moses, thus you shall say to the children of Israel, Yahuwah of your fathers, the Eloah of Abraham, the Eloah of Isaac, Isaac the Eloah of Jacob, Jacob, has sent me to you. This, Yahuwah, is my name forever. And this is my memorial to all generations. Woo! He spoke directly. We don't have to guess anymore. The father spoke. Now watch. If I go take one of these translations, if I go take one of these translations and I let them cover up his name, watch me read the cover up. Watch me read the cover up. He says, thus you shall say to the children of Israel, the Lord God. Remember they said they put them together? The Lord God of your fathers. It takes his name and changes it to the Lord God. That's not a name. That's a description at best. Lord meaning master, God meaning mighty one, right? The master mighty one has sent me to you. This is my name forever. Doesn't make sense. Doesn't add up. Doesn't add up. A description is not a name. But when I go grab, when I go grab me some scriptures that don't have the cover up in it, then I can see it. I can see Yod, Hey, Ua, Hey. I can see the trend. That's all it is, is just alphabet, Aleph, Bet. Now, back it up. People go, well, he said I am that I am. Y'all ready for a revelation? Y'all ready to be tripped out the way this tripped me out? Guess what Yahuwah means in Hebrew? I am that I am. <laughs> That's exactly what it means. I am. That's what his name means. I am. What do you need me to be? I am that. Stop it. Let's go do those first three words. I am that. What do you need me to be? Well, guess what? I am that. Do you need a breakthrough? I am that. Do you need an answer prayer? Do you need a prayer answer? I'm all throw up. Do you need a prayer answer? I am that. Do you need some healing? I am that. What is it that you need? The great I am that is sitting here saying my name. He finishes it. He says, Yahuwah, this is my name forever. He left no mistake about it. When's forever? Forever. And this is my memorial to who? All generations. Are we part of all generations? Does that include me and you? Absolutely. So what happened? What happened? What happened? The cover-up happened, that's all. And you, just like I was, 
I was missing out on so many intimate blessings by not knowing him, by not paying attention to what the Savior said in John 17. Keep moving. I'm going to confirm it now. If you got to go, you got to go, but I'm going on in deeper. Y'all want me to go deeper because I'm going to go, and I'm going to wrap it all together, John 17. But in order to get to John 17, I got to go to Matthew 23, Matith Yahoo, which means Matith, the gift, Yahoo is Yahuwah. All their names are the witness. Matit Yahu, 2339. Yahusha, the Savior, his name when he walked on the earth. He says, for I say to you, you shall see me no more until you say, blessed is he who comes in the name of Yahuwah. He was, now how do we know this is dead on point? Because some people will try to trick you with the New Testament, Old Testament stuff. We're going to get rid of that. Because when you look in your own Bible, go look in your own Bible. Go look at Matthew 23, 39. And you're going to notice that when the Savior's talking, he's going to say, for I say to you, you shall see me no more. It's in quotes. You shall see me no more until you say, blessed is he who comes in the name of Yahuwah. Now, and most of your translations is going to say what? Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. And then we got to say, well, what's the name of the Lord? That's all we got to say. Blessed is he who comes in the name of Yahuwah. It's a direct quote from Psalms. David was speaking in chapter, one, chapter 118, verse 26. Chapter 118 of Psalms, verse 26. The Savior is quoting David, Daud, saying exactly. So when I pull out my Hebrew scriptures and it says, blessed is he, right? Barak. Haba, Bashim, Yahuwah. I see it. I just spoke Hebrew with you right there. Barak, blessed, right? Barak, Haba, Bashim, Yahuwah. I see the Yod, hey, Ua, hey. I, there's no guessing there. They can't take that away. So it says the same thing in Psalms 118.26. No, Yahusha is you, he's, it's a, it's, and here's what beautiful part about Yahusha, his name. Yahusha is a contracted sentence name. So his name is, is actually a contracted sentence. So Yahusha, the Savior, he says, I come in the name of the Father. I come in my Father's name. Yahusha, Yahu, Yahuwah, Sha, salvation. His name means Yahuwah is salvation. That's his name. A, his name is a sentence that tells you who is salvation. You know what's so beautiful? We go over to Joel. Real name, Yael, means Yah is El. Yah is the Eloah. Yah is the Elohim of Elohim, right? Joel chapter 2, verse 32. And it shall come to pass that whosoever calls on the name of Yahuwah shall be saved. That's from Joel. 2, verse 32. Now, why is that so powerful? Boy, y'all ready to go up to another level? Who wants to go higher? Shall we go up? I want to see if somebody wants to go up. We're taking some time on this. I want to see if some folks want to go up. Shall we go up? Who wants to go up? Because I'm talking about Joel, chapter 2, verse 32. And it shall come to pass that whosoever calls on the name of Yahuwah shall be saved. Why is that critical? Why is that critical? 
because the Savior was slain. He arose from the dead, spent time with the disciples again, ascended back into the heavens. He says, if I don't go, I won't send the Spirit. Shall I go up? He says, I won't go. If I don't go, I won't send the Spirit. He goes up, and who's he send? Yahuwah Ruach, the Spirit, it drops down on the people as the disciples are preaching. And there is Kepha, who we know as Peter. Kepha means the rock is Yahuwah. There is Kepha in Acts 2, verse 14 through 21. Kepha, Peter, is sitting there preaching to the people because the people are tore up. They don't know what's going on. Everybody, All these people that are the followers of Yahusha, Hamashiach, the Messiah, they're now speaking in their own tongues, their native tongues. They see miracles happening. And what does Kepha say? Kepha, Peter, he then says on the sermon, the people were so astonished, right? Kepha said, standing up with the 11. He's got the other 11. Huh? The other 11 standing with him. He raised his voice and said to them, Men of Judea, Yadea, and all who dwell in Jerusalem, Jerusalem, let this be known to you and heed my words. For these people are not drunk, as you suppose, since it is only the third hour of the day. But this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel, Yael. Now, Kepha's going to go quote what I just said to you, but I'm going to break it down. And he said, but this is what was spoken by the prophet Yael. And it shall come to pass in the last days, says the Lord, that I will pour out my spirit, Yahuwah Ruach, on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your young man shall see visions. Your young men shall see visions. Your old man shall dream dreams. And on my men servants and my maid servants, I will pour out my spirit in those days and they shall prophesy. And I will show wonders in heaven above and signs on the earth beneath, blood and fire and vapor and smoke. The sun shall be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before the great, before the coming of the great and awesome day of Yahuwah. And verse 21 is a direct quote of Joel 2.32. He says, and it shall come to pass that all who call on the name of Yahuwah shall be saved. Peter's quoting. Go read it in your scripture. You'll see the little subtitle. That it's a quote from Joel 2.32. And you cannot mistake what name he's talking about. Again, Kepha, Kepha, Peter, was just with the Savior just a few days ago. Yahusha HaMashiach. And now that Yahuwah's spirit Yahuwah Ruach is pouring out on the people. Kepha, Peter, is clearing, clearly obeying the Savior by making sure that what the Savior said to them the night before he died, the night before he was slain, he's making sure. You remember that Yahusha said in chapter, seven, in chapter 17, verse 26, he said, and I have declared to them your name and will declare it that the love with which you love me may be in them and I in them. His spirit is compelling Kepha to declare the name of Yahuwah. He's being obedient through Yahuwah Ruach. We now see how the Savior Yahusha, how Mashiach stated 
in Yahu Khan in 1726, he completely fulfilled that scripture of Yael 232, Joel 232, by having Kepha requoted. So he's having Peter requoted through the spirit. And people are now hearing it proclaimed and are proclaiming it. So if we want the seal, how many of you want the seal? See, here comes the seal. He goes on in Acts 4, 12. He says, nor is there salvation in, in any other, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by whom we underline must be saved. What is that name? There is no other name given among men by whom we must be saved. We heard what he just said a few chapters ago. We heard what he just said, what Kepha just said, Peter just said. Acts 2.21 and Acts 2.32 tell us what that name is. Philippians 2.9, therefore Allah has highly exalted him and given him the name which is above every name. Revelation 3, right? Verse 8 through 12. Yahuwah says, I know your works. See, this is for all of us. Y'all ready to come in? This is for all of us. This is a promise. Right now, you have an opportunity to grab a promise. You can take it. You can leave it. I'm just spilling out my guts to you what I've learned. I'm not trying to disrespect anybody. I'm just reading the fathers and the saviors and the disciples and the prophets' words. That's all I'm doing. Now, I'm putting my whole life on it. Yahuwah says, I know your work. See, I have set before you an open door and no one can shut it. He's opening the door. Why, why do we get an open door that no one can shut? He says, for you have a little strength. How many of you ever felt sometimes you just got a little strength? You just got a little strength. You've been beat down. He says, but even though you have a little strength, you have kept my word and you have not denied my name. That's in the New Testament, the Brick Kadash, Revelation Chapter 3, verse 8, verse 9, it says, Indeed, I will make those of the synagogue of Satan who say they are my followers and are not, but they lie. Indeed, I will make them come and worship before your feet and to know that I have loved you because you have kept my command to persevere. You got persevere. I also will keep you from the hour of trial which shall come upon the entire world. Look how crazy this world's going now. Do we got signs coming from everywhere? We can't, we got to be paying attention. He says, I'm going to pour this out on the whole world to test those who dwell on the, earth, on the earth, to test those who dwell on the earth. Behold, I am coming quickly. He says, I'm coming quickly. When I come, bam, it's going to happen. Hold fast to what you have so that no one takes your crown. He who overcomes, I will make him a pillar in the temple temple of my Eloah, and he shall go out no more. And I will write on him the name of my Eloah and the name of the city of my Eloah, the new, the new Jerusalem, which comes down from heaven from my Eloah. And I will write, listen to this. I got this translation so perfect. And he says, and I will write on him my renewed name. See, the correct translation is, first it says my new name. It says my renewed name. Yahuwah is reestablishing his name. He's telling us this in Revelation. Revelation 14, 1. Then I looked and behold, a lamb standing on Mount Zion. And with him, y'all heard this before, 144,000. What does it say after that? having his father's name 
written in their foreheads. What's better, what better be written on your forehead? The Father's name. Not like literal writing, but when it speaks there, it's talking about your frontal lobes of thought, your foremost thought. Revelation 22, 1 through 5. And he showed me a pure river of, water, of the water of life, clear as crystal, proceeding from the throne of the law and of the Lamb in the middle of his streets, in the, in the middle of his street, and on either side of the river was the tree of life, your name must be written, which bore 12 fruits, and each yielded its fruit every month. The leaves of the tree, mm, the leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations. It's time for the nations to get healed. And there shall be no more curse, but the throne of the Loa and of the Lamb shall be in it, and his servants shall serve him. Notice it. To the throne of Eloah and of the Lamb shall serve him. Now they're one. They shall see his face. Shall see his face. And his name shall be on their foreheads. What's on the foreheads? His name. There shall be no night there. They need no lamp nor light of the sun, for the master Yahuwah gives them light and they shall reign forever and ever. My question is, will his name be on your forehead? John 17, chapter 17 makes it clear that that should be our focus. That should be our focus. The power is in his name. The protection is in his name. As the disciples, we are to carry forth and correct when needs to be corrected. And so hopefully, this John chapter 17 from this training today has helped you open up to a higher, higher level. You know, again, you can give me some feedback. I can keep pumping these out, you know, from time to time. If y'all would like for me to continue to provide some scripture training, just give me feedback, you know, inbox me, comment here. Let me know what you're thinking. What did this message today do for you? Did it touch you somehow? Did it enlighten you? Did it push you? I told you it was going to push you. It's going to make you dig for him with all your mind today. Now go study to show yourself approved. Don't take my word for it. Don't take my word for it. I'm just a messenger. I'm not the message. I'm just going by, well, here's what I've studied up to this point. These are the things that are very clear to me up to this point. And I wanted to share them with you. And I love you. I do. I love you with all I got. And I feel a sense of urgency in my soul. I feel a sense of urgency in my soul. I feel that he's coming. The birth pains are all around us. The signs of the end of times seems to be happening. No one knows the day or the hour, but boy, he said, you got to pay attention to these signs. I'm paying attention and I feel a sense of urgency. And you remember, you get stuck. You get in a hard spot. Maybe you're having to contemplate this. Somehow or another, man, all you got to do is you got to say, and you got to call on the name of Yahuwah. It says, all who call on the name of Yahuwah shall be saved. And that is exactly what the Savior taught us to do. He, he commanded us. He was giving us instructions the night before he died. 
Here's the, here's the keys. It's going to open up all the rest of the scriptures to you. I love you guys. I appreciate you. I honor you. I poured my heart out here for you. Hopefully this helps you. Much love to you forever. May Yahuwah bless you. Bye-bye. Only promote the truth.